Happy New Year and welcome to episode two of Box Office Culture. This is the new United Theatre podcast on the United Theatre Podcast Network. Uh, I am your host, Tony Nunes, the United's resident cinephile and artistic director. I'll be joined weekly uh, with guests in up-to-date conversations about cinema, television, and streaming shows. Uh, We're going to be talking about all kinds of things, and if you caught our first episode a couple of weeks back... We recapped the best films and television series of 2022, uh, and I was joined by our front of house director, Greg Moran. He is also our guest today in our discussion about 2023 and the best, I guess, uh, best isn't the right word, but the, the most anticipated films and television shows that we are both looking forward to. So welcome, Greg. Hello. Good to be back. Similar to our last episode, I think we both came to this episode with a few movies uh, that we're excited for and a few television shows. Um, There's a lot. Obviously, we have a whole year ahead of us. Um, A lot of the smaller indie films, we don't even know what's coming out, really. Uh, There's a lot of things in production uh, that also might not actually land in 2023. Um, When we were making these lists of of these movies that we're excited about. We had a, a brief discussion about that and about how some of the films that, that you saw and thought were coming out this year are actually not coming out this year now. And uh, I had a couple TV shows similarly that I thought were coming this year or returning this year that are not. Um, but there is a lot to discuss. So I don't know. What do you think? Should we start with TV shows or movies? Oh, uh, We'll start the movies. All right. All right. So... Obviously, there's there's so much. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we pick three movies each, um, but we're obviously going to talk about a lot more than that. Um, there are some other great movies that we're going to touch on. Um, all right, so I mentioned this. We, we talked very briefly about uh, what we're looking forward to in 2023 in our last episode, um, and we came with a couple of movies each. Uh, and I mentioned this movie then. I, I wanted to to freshen things up and not talk about the same thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to do that because I am very excited about this movie and it's my most anticipated piece of media in general coming out this year. And that is Dune part two. Um, that is the new sequel, uh, or second part to, uh, Dennis Villeneuve's, uh, Dune. There's a, there's a lot to say about this movie. I think, I think the best thing going for this movie is its cast. Uh, and then I think. Denis is also directing this, I mean, for the first film, at least in a way that that made it fresh and exciting and different. Um, But the cast is the thing that has me most excited about this because the cast of Dune Part One was fantastic. Obviously, you know, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, um, Stellan Skarsgård, Zendaya. Uh, The second one, they've been adding a lot of new characters, Uh, great, uh, great actors, Florence Pugh, uh, Austin Butler, Christopher Walken, and this week they announced that Tim Blake Nelson was cast in, a, a, in an undisclosed role at this time. Um, so, I mean, that's that's an incredible cast. Did you say uh, Austin Butler, too? I did. Yeah. I said Austin yeah. Butler's in there. Um, and Austin Butler's in another of my picks uh, that, that I'll talk about in a little bit, too. Austin Butler, for those who don't know kind of had his breakthrough moment in 2022 playing Elvis in the the Baz Luhrmann Elvis biopic. But yeah, Dune Part 2 is, um, well, Tim Blake Nelson, when I, when I read about Tim Blake Nelson and the fact that he's going to be in this, 
I am not one of those Dune diehards who has read every Dune novel and and can you know name everything. I'm I'm not that level of Dune nerd. Um, yeah. So I, you have no idea who he's going to be. I have no idea, but I I did do a little digging. Um, there's this character and some speculation that he's going to play this like some like count character, which I, I don't know much about the character itself, but Tim Blake Nelson playing some kind of count in the Dune universe mm. just sounds right to me. No, he's great though. He was awesome in uh Watchmen. He's, he's amazing in everything. Uh, especially Coen brothers. All of his Coen brothers mm-hmm. roles are, uh, particularly amazing. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's not much to say outside of, uh, you know, this is coming out in November it is a movie that is made for the big screen. It's it's the kind of thing you want to see with a group of people. It's a big, exciting, epic science fiction film, the the kind of which are not made very much these days. And and like I said, I'm not a big Dune nerd um, uh, in the book sense, but for films, you know, you have the David Lynch film. There's also Jodorowsky's Dune and a great documentary about that. Um, and I'm hoping that around the release of this, uh, we can schedule a film series, a Dune-centric film series here at the United Theater, where we show David Lynch's Dune, we show the first Dune film from from Denis, and we show Jodorowsky's Dune, which is the documentary about Jodorowsky's vision of, of his own Dune film that never came oh, to pass. What that could have been. Uh, just the artists involved. It, um, Mobius and Giger and all those. Uh, just... At least Incredible. we have the documentary, which has some of the, the imagery and, and things like that. You know, at least it's archived and preserved. Yeah. Some crypto bros bought that book for like $7 million. Or uh, I don't know how much it was. It was, a, it was a lot. And they thought that that gave them the rights to make the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hilarious. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're smart. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. Uh, so that's my, that's my first pick. What's your first pick for, for what you're excited for this year uh again i tried to make things that we didn't talk about as much last time but kind of breaking that rule uh asteroid city new wes anderson it's gonna open in limited release on june 16th uh wide on june 23rd that's the schedule right now uh directed by wes written by wes and roman coppola and the cast is again insane it's all of his usual suspects, except apparently Bill Murray is not going to be in this one. There, he had COVID and couldn't make it. I feel like there's they're going to sneak him in somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that seems sacrilege to not have Bill Murray. I mean, he's the OG Wes Anderson from I think, Rushmore. I think he's been in all of them except for Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of Owen Wilson, he's, he's right. the... Well, wow. yeah, the Wilson because Bottle Rocket was the Wilsons. Yes, um, but that was his first one. He, I think, he was still in school. They were they were all in school at the same time in Austin at that point. Um, but on top of his usual suspects, which is like a murderer's row, anyways, he's adding Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cranston, Hope Davis, Matt Dillon, Liv Schreiber, Maya Hawk, and Steve Carell. In there's more than that. I'd like. I'm just not gonna. I'm not familiar with any of those actors. Yeah, that's, <laughs> never, never heard of them. But I mean, just it's all it's set in 1955 with precocious smart kids. It's right in his wheelhouse. I'm just excited to see Tom Hanks in a Wes Anderson film. I don't know, it just yeah. sounds right. I Margot Robbie. I mean, she just kills it anyways, and I think that those sensibilities, seeing her do something a little different. Um, like I said, I, I just recently finally got around to seeing Babylon. I mean, she's got the goods and. The good thing about Wes Anderson films uh, is he has, you know, this is big prestige ensemble casting 
kind of, of filmmaking, um, that that type of filmmaking has been failing lately, mm-hmm. uh, failing to reach audiences like uh, Amsterdam, uh, which and Babylon, and both, Babylon, both starring Margot Robbie. Yes, I mean these these are big, ambitious. You know, Damien Chazelle. Um, they they didn't do well but in the, the thing, box office. Well, that's the we as a society need to get away from this idea that box office receipts equals quality movies. Both of those movies were pretty good. I thought Babylon is actually fantastic. The first two hours in particular. Um, the last four, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long movie. Uh, it takes a, it, it pivots, takes a pretty hard turn in the third act. Lots of movies do that. It, it still, it didn't destroy it. I, it's probably in my top five for the year at this point. Yeah. I would, I would have talked, had I seen it before we recorded, I probably would have talked about it a lot more. I feel that way about Fablemans, which I, I also mm-hmm. saw before uh, the end of the year. But I, I don't know. I I know that box office is not uh, a precursor to quality, for sure. But it is to success and to a studio's commitment to doing these kinds of films and putting the money behind these kinds of films. So I hear chatter. You read Variety. You hear all of these things about um, you know prestige films like that. And studios not they're they're not going to take gambles or risks like that because they're just not paying off. But then you look at a movie like Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. Dune is different. Dune has a great cast, but Dune is is high concept. You know, it's science fiction. Asteroid City, Wes Anderson, what he does, he kind of keeps that prestige going. So I think I I'm thankful for that because I think without filmmakers like Wes Anderson and the success all of his films have, this kind of film and this kind of filmmaking and casting and studio upfronting the money to make these kinds of films just wouldn't happen yeah let me try to find the budget for it because i don't think asteroid city has quite the budget that especially babylon had um but even amsterdam as well um and that's that's the thing about wes is this is just 1955 there's no babylon had extremely lavish sets tons of extras um things like that whereas i feel like like this one like you, you know what you're getting. The studio knows what they're getting with a Wes Anderson picture. They know what about what the the box office return is going to be. Um, the actors do too, which is why so many I, I think sign a lot on. of them probably aren't. You know, they're not necessarily doing it for scale, but they're also Tom Hanks isn't asking for twenty million dollars for this. No, no. I, I would, I would imagine. I mean, I think I agree with you. You're absolutely right. Especially Amsterdam and Babylon are the two highest profile of those, but that's where. You kind of, you have to run it as a business too. Be like, this is what we expect the box office turn to be. You've got to c- get your budget under control. Yeah. And if if performers like Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and Christian Bale and John David Washington want to be in these movies, you know, it's it's the old Affleck thing. One for me, one for them. One for me, you know. Cash in. Go go be in a Marvel movie. Cash in, and then them work with. You know Paul Thomas Anderson and David Russell and Damien Chazelle after the fact. Yeah, yeah. I don't think these kinds of films are are dying. I don't think they will die. I think studios will kill them, and that's what might eventually happen. But well, I think they'll just go to streaming. Maybe. We're we're gonna see movies like Amsterdam not have theatrical releases. Well, there are some or big be very movies. limited. There, there there are some big movies coming out. I don't know enough about them to talk about them on this episode, but you know, like the new David Fincher movie. 
um, David Fincher, and the new Martin Scorsese movie too, both are going and being created and funded directly by Netflix. So, Actually, the, I think the Scorsese one is Apple now. He moved. Is it Apple? Apple. Yeah. Okay, but they're going straight to streaming, and they're they're being funded by streaming. So, it's kind of a shame. But um, you know, big directors are probably getting money and, and chances and risks that they're getting with streamers that they're not getting with big studios. Um, but we'll you know we'll see where that goes. I, I follow the industry trends pretty closely and I'm, I'm curious to see where the whole film industry lands in the next five years because it's shifting dramatically yeah and i think that those shifts are going to continue to change and i think it could pivot two or three times even in that five years uh i mean we saw with netflix releasing glass onion for one week in theaters and it was for for what it is and for that brief time period wildly successful yeah and because that's the thing. Netflix isn't a streamer anymore. Netflix is a full-fledged studio. What I hope happens is that studio... So what happened during... during uh, This is like some very inside baseball stuff. But uh, during COVID, the Paramount decrees, um, which were these, these laws set, you know, decades ago. I mean, in the 50s, I think. Maybe earlier. Um, these laws created the, the theatrical window. And mm-hmm. they, they were there to protect uh, movie theaters and exhibitors. Um, so it had theatrical windows. It also had, you know, terms against a uh, studio saying, yes, you can have this great big film, but you're also going to play these three subpar films as mm-hmm. well. Contractually, that's your obligation. But during COVID, uh, those got, th- those laws got washed away in, mm-hmm. in some bit of legislation and, and written out, and they're not law anymore. Right. So now studios do not have to, to do anything. In fact, during COVID, Warner Brothers, um, and we know this because we are a movie theater, Warner Brothers, all of their releases that first year, uh, they, they said these releases are going theatrical and to HBO uh, day Max and date. day yep. and date, um, which is terrible if you're a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really interested to see where things shift as far as um, those things like Glass Onion. Yes, they're releasing them a week, maybe two weeks before they hit streaming. People will come out to see them. And I'm hoping that they're, they're such a limited release when they do that right now. Same for award season. Movies like Mank, the David Fincher movie, has to release into theaters before it hits streaming in order to be Oscar eligible. But my hope is, with the success of Glass Onion and things like that, theatrical, even for a week, that they open it up and they do like week or two week wide releases of right. these kinds well, of... Well, Netflix also, to get around it, they bought their own theaters. Of course, which was against the law. Uh, it's it's called four-walling. Um, you could not do that. Yep. But now you can. Now, now you can. It's the Wild West. All right, my second movie choice, uh, and I, I, I'm sure I mentioned this last time too, is Indiana Jones, this new Indiana Jones film. It's called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Terrible name. It's about uh, a rotary phone. It, it Kids is. are going to have to look up what those are. Oh, my God. Um, so as far as the plot goes, there's not a heck of a lot we know at this point. Um, it is set in the 60s. I think it's set in, in 69. Um, they, they go back to some of the other stuff, too. There is some de-aging of him, some Uncanny Valley stuff. There is. But uh, rumor has it they're going to touch upon the Apollo uh, mm-hmm. program and things like that in the cast or in the the plot. So that's, that's interesting to me, but what struck me here? Uh, I mean, I look, Indiana Jones, the, the first trilogy 
Spielberg. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark to this day is one of my top, maybe my maybe even my top three. Raiders films. of the uh, Raiders is in that short list of nearly perfect movies. Uh, it's just I, about the greatest action slash adventure movie of all time. One of the most rewatchable films that Absolutely. you can find. But they. I love Temple of Doom too. I'm one I of love Temple guys. of Doom. Yeah. Uh, Last Crusade is it's good. It's, amazing. Yep. It's so fun. It's it's funny. Um, you know, Sean Connery. It's, it's just a great movie. They tarnished the reputation of Indiana Jones when they did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which Spielberg directed. Um, and that that kind of... Uh, it wasn't great. It cast a shadow over the franchise, as these things do. I, mean, I don't... I think that's strong... I mean, it, it's it's a bad movie, but I don't think I've never heard anybody be like, "I don't care about Indiana Jones anymore." Uh, you I, ruined my childhood. Uh, I mean, blame Shia LaBeouf because well, sure, yeah, no, actually, don't blame him. <laughs> it's not his fault. He didn't write the damn thing. Um, but this new one. Uh, so my thinking there is, they had the whole alien subplot and everything, and Spielberg was at that time doing a lot of alien, like War of the Worlds. He was yeah. back in his whole alien mode. Um, it's indie. He needs to be fighting Nazis. He he does. <laughs> so this one looks a little more back to basics from what we saw from the first trailer. Uh, you have uh, a different director. So Spielberg is not. I love Spielberg. I am not disparaging. It's, uh, it's Mangold, right? James Mangold. Not disparaging Steven Spielberg. I'm just setting the record straight on that. Um, like I said, I just saw Fablemans. It was fantastic. But James Mangold, who did uh, Logan. Um, oh my gosh, what else did James Mangold do recently? Um, he did Ford versus Ferrari, which was also great. Um, he's a different kind of director, so I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with the indie character. And the addition of, like, like Mad, Mads Mikkelsen is in this. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, Antonio Banderas is mm-hmm. in this. Um, it just looks fun. It just looks back to basics. It does. The trailer looks good. It's easy to make a good, good looking trailer though. It sure is. But I, I have, I have high hopes for this. Um, I think, I think it might be something and I, it's coming out in June, I believe. Um, June 30th is the date that it comes out. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be excited about a new Indiana Jones movie. Um, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. you know, looking ahead to this year and all of these great films coming out, that one just really stands out to me because it, it also has a universal audience appeal. Um, I think it'll introduce younger audiences to indie uh, people, my age, middle-aged people, and then older people love Indiana Jones as well. So yep. I, I don't know. That's why that one made my list. What about we'll you? We'll see. We'll see if it can be the, this year's Maverick. Well, Maverick just got beat out by Avatar. So yep. officially the highest grossing film of 2022 is Avatar way of water. No longer Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So, what's your number two? Uh, my uh, to go back to the whole streaming thing, and it's unfortunate because this movie does—it's almost guaranteed to be visually stunning—is Rebel Moon from Zack Snyder. I know nothing about this movie uh, whatsoever. Uh, you so, mentioned it this morning, and I didn't even know what it was. Uh, I, I believe it's wrapped filming. Um, there is no release date. It is going to be a Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Netflix put the bill for it. And and just a caveat, we said this in our last episode too, but you know, we're we are a movie theater here at the United, but we're you know, we're we know that how people watch their films and television shows because we do it ourselves. You know, right. we encourage you when you can go out to a movie theater and see whatever movie is playing in theaters, but yeah. Yeah, it, and hopefully this one will get some sort of even a wider release than 
than Glass Onion because it looks like it it's really deserving of it. Is it and science fiction? It is. So this script originally, after the prequels were done, Lucasfilm was looking to go in a different direction with, with Star Wars. And this is something that Snyder was working on. He was pitching it to them. He was hoping to helm it at the time. And during that whole process, Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney. So everything got shelved. This is a reworked script, taking out the Star Wars elements, but you can keep the main story. It's very heavily influenced by Seven Samurai, which makes sense because that's something Akira Kurosawa films were very influential to George Lucas as well, particularly Hidden Fortress and, and New Hope. But, I mean, watch Mando, watch all, you know, Westerns are and sci-fi are, and samurai movies. There's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. Um, and if you read the synopsis on this, it's a, it's clearly a Seven Samurai take. Um, but it looks he he has not been shy about sharing stills and things from you know it's not it's not like they're trying to keep it completely under wraps, and it looks gorgeous. And say what you will about Snyder, he's made some really good looking movies. Um, I'm also in the group. I don't hate Sucker Punch. I think you do have to be careful with Snyder when he talks about uh, when he's doing his own original stuff. I think Watchmen is by far and away his best movie. Second is probably 300, and that's because he was working off of very much off of pre-existing material. But he he does interesting things, and he does stuff that looks good. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Watchmen, I like 300, but yeah, he's he's working off the source material like their storyboards, like right. And when he's done original stuff, even like Superman is off of you know a pre-existing IP, but he wrote the script. When he when he gets into writing, he gets into a little bit of trouble. That's you know that's fair to say. And I'm not a Snyder fanboy. I'm not like restore the Snyderverse. I think the best thing is moving on from that. Can the whole thing. But I'm also I don't hate the guy, and he's made some really interesting movies. So I like Man of Steel. I'm just gonna put that. Controversial I, I didn't hate it. Out. I didn't hate it. But like I said, it's it's not about me. It's like he gets controversial, or yeah. you know, not well, controversial, but. That's where the divide happens with his films. Well, yeah, and I, 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 I run hot and cold on on Snyder, but totally fair. I, but I, I, I had not heard of this one, so, and I'll watch any science fiction film. Yeah, this one, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be dope. It's, it's another one. Really good cast. Uh, Sophia Boutella is the lead. Charlie Hunnam, Digimon Hansu, Sir Anthony Hopkins has got a legitimate role in it, not just a cameo type of deal. Uh, Carrie and Corey, Elways and Stoll. Always interesting performers. Nice. Um, yeah. So let's let's fingers are crossed. Hopefully optimistic for this one. So my third pick is is also a pick based on a director, um, and that is the new Christopher Nolan film Oppenheimer, uh, which is about Robert Oppenheimer, who uh, is responsible for the atomic bomb. Uh, I guess the movie follows his. I think it just follows his role with the Manhattan Project uh, in World War II, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure. There's one trailer for this. Um, it's a biopic, sort of, but I think it's a biopic at a very specific point in time in Oppenheimer's life. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what it looks like from the first trailer. But it, it doesn't matter. What The draw for me 
Um, the, the cast in this looks great. Cillian Murphy plays Oppenheimer. Emily Blunt is in this. Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh. Um, Benny Safdie is, is a huge cast. Uh, but Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker, um, like you were talking about Zack Snyder, Christopher Nolan to me in what he does is, is masterful. Um, I mean, truly more than, than most, um, even, I don't know, uh, this is, uh, we could do a whole nother podcast on this movie probably, but the movie Tenet. Um, oh God, I hated that movie so much. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's a lot of people really I like hate Nolan, that movie. but that movie can, oh, see. I almost got fleeped. <clears throat> I almost did it. I almost finally did it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, you. <laughs> no, I, I love Tenet. I do. I, I, I know people who, like you, who really hate that movie. Yeah, it is a challenging movie. It's the kind of movie that, in order to appreciate, first of all, you have to look at it from a, a cinematic point of view. Like, how did they make this movie? What, what went into it? Watch some of the videos about how they made it. The technology they used. You have to watch it like three times to understand what the hell is going on because it's very complicated. Um, no movie should you ever have to watch three times to understand <laughs> what is going on. I will say that and I understand that. But if you're committed enough to do that. I am uh, not. You're not. Not for that one. And I, I, I wanted to like it. I yeah. like Nolan's work. I think John David Washington is a absolute superstar in the making. Um, he has got all of the charisma of his father. But that movie was just terrible. I, I, with the exception of Back to the Future, I will always hate time travel stories. Really? Oh, yeah. I See, think I, it's it's usually used, especially I come from like you know comic books and sci. It's usually used for retconning and lazy writing. See, I I love uh, a good time travel story. Um, I do. And Tenant, though, just the way they filmed it with the way time flows at the same pace and you can go back in time, but you have to travel back through the same time in order to get to the point you want to go to in real time, just backwards. And the way they filmed that, I, I don't know. We, we could probably, we should probably should at some point force you to watch tenant <laughs> or, or somebody else and, and do a podcast on that because I've been wanting to talk about that movie it came out during the pandemic. So I didn't have a chance to really talk about it with anybody, but, I yeah that movie I I really enjoy that movie. Um, I tried. You and a lot of people, um, but I I think the the cinematographer for that and for Oppenheimer is this guy Hoyt Van Hoyt Hoytema Hoyt Van Hoytema. <laughs> I, I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure. Um, but I just I don't know. I like he did Interstellar, Dunkirk. Um, Christopher Nolan's just visual, and you know what you're getting. So. I, I think a lot of his movies, he, he shoots in 70 millimeter too. So if you have the chance to see it in 70 millimeter, I'm sure it's even more beautiful, but it's, it's a good movie. He makes movies for the big screen. So that's why that one made my list. Yeah, no, it should be really good. So, I mean, Cillian Murphy's always solid. Um, Interesting story too. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, Especially when you get like how much Oppenheimer like regretted, like realized Oh, I messed up. And the way that they film and present and show the actual atomic explosions in this movie, um, they they film them. They're not. It's not CGI. Mm -hmm. It's actual real. I don't know. It, they use a lot of different technologies and, and film technology, but not not digital effects. So, yeah. um, 
like Tenant, I'm interested to watch this movie and then learn more about how they made the movie because right. uh, he, he definitely invests a lot in, in that making and the, the design of these movies. What's your, what's your number three? Uh, I'll go with Next Goal Wins, which is the next one from Taika Waititi. Uh, I'm a huge Taika fan. Uh, I did not love Love and Thunder. I'm also not like a lot of people. I felt like, oh, he's just he's so full of himself. He's done. He's done. We're done with this guy. That's that's a bit of a reach. Uh, Ragnarok is my favorite MCU movie. I think it had just the right balance between the slapstick, the goofy, and the action and the heart. They went a little too far. Love and Thunder. I don't hate it. I'm not trying to be jump on that bandwagon. But I just love Taika. Uh, his other non-MCU movies, Hunt for, Hunt for the Wilder People, is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh, so good. Sam uh, Neill. Sam Neill. Sam Neill is incredible. Yeah. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, I think I talked about this last time. I think it's the funny like, straight comedy film in the, of the last like 10 years. Um, and this one, another Michael Fassbender stars in it, who is incredible. Haven't really seen too much of him, I feel like, lately. No. Um, He's starring in that David Fincher movie. The oh, is coming in that out one later too? this year. Yep. Uh, yeah, this one is based on a true story of uh, Thomas Rangan, who was a Dutch guy who was brought in to help the American Samoa football slash soccer team make it to the 2014 World Cup, and they were widely regarded as the worst soccer team on the planet. So they brought in this guy, and uh, there, there's a documentary out about it. Okay. So and I think it's same name. There's a book, the whole thing. This is just going to be a little more fictionalized and Taika. Taika YTD'd. Taika's cool runnings. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that could exactly be exactly what it is. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, cool runnings is a... It's a great movie. Great movie. I mean, look, everybody loves a good Olympic underdog story. There's a movie with Hugh Jackman that came out a couple of years ago where he's like mentoring... This downhill skier, I cannot remember the was name it, of it. There's one with the Tar- Taron Egerton where he was the yeah, birdie. It's, it's that yeah, one. That yeah, one. yeah. He was the um, so good. Yeah, so, that's really actually a crazy movie. story. Like that dude came out of nowhere to just throw himself off of a ski jump. Yeah, great um, movie. So yeah, yeah, and this one also has Will Arnett, Elizabeth Moss, and Reese Darby. Comes out September 22nd to theaters. Nice. All right. I mean, yeah, I love a good Take It TD. I, uh, yeah, I hope this gets him kind of back back in the the swing. I mean, his TV product, everybody loves, loved uh, Our Flag Means Death. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole, I didn't like Thor, Love, and Thunder, so this guy can take it's a one hike. Mo- one movie. We're exactly. Not, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Our producer, Lee, is, is telling us five ways to say this. He's a real pain in the ass. So here we go. Take the break. See you on the other side. Hi there, my name is Lee Metzger, host of The Lowdown, where you can find news and discussions about upcoming events, movies, author talks, concerts, comedy shows, and more. A new episode comes out every other week, making sure that you stay up to date with the latest information about all the exciting things going on at The United. You can also look forward to hearing exclusive interviews with local and visiting artists, touring musicians, comedians, those featured authors, and others. Hear them talk about their experiences at the United, upcoming projects, all sorts of things. So make sure to subscribe to the Lowden on your podcasting app and turn on notifications so you can stay up to date with the latest info on the United Theater. Now back to the show. All right, so let's jump into the world of streaming and, and shows. Um, and I, I will 
the small screen. Actually, before we do that, before we do that, um, I just want to, I'm going to list off a couple of other movies that we didn't touch on just very, very quickly. And you might have a couple too that I'm also excited for, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to talk a lot about them. I'm just going to list them. Um, I am a big fan of the Mission Impossible series. So the new Mission Impossible film, Dead Reckoning, part one, comes out in July. Uh, there is a Dungeons and Dragons movie that actually looks good uh, called Honor Among Thieves. Uh, that's coming out March 31st. I'm excited for that one. The Mario Brothers movie comes out in April. Also, it actually doesn't look terrible. It looks really good. <laughs> um, there is a Wonka movie uh, starring Timothy Chalamet as a young Willy Wonka. I got to see uh, a couple clips of this. It's a musical. comes out in December. looks absolutely charming. Uh, <laughs> and I mentioned this in the last podcast too, but there's there's two uh, Joaquin Phoenix movies I'm also looking forward to, which is Ridley Scott's Napoleon and Ari Aster's Bo is Afraid. So uh, I'm just throwing those out there. As, as I kind of thought movies. you might have had the Napoleon one as your third instead of Oppenheimer, but no, I, bring I, it up. I went with Oppenheimer. Yeah, Fair enough. I just want to talk about Tenet. uh yeah for me it would be uh across the spider-verse uh cannot wait for that movie disappointed that apparently spider noir will not be in it um and barbie right barbie i was trying hard not to bring up barbie today but here we are bring it up um and then also i'm very interested this is another thing where i don't know if it'll be good it might not be but apparently it's getting great test reviews so far and all this controversy around it and everything, Flash. Oh. Let's see what happens. Apparently, it's testing like amazingly to the point where they might not even get rid of Ezra if he can clean up hmm. his image. I mean, Michael Keaton returning as Batman. That's... It's, there's a lot going on. It. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, yeah, and, and also there's a new Hayao Miyazaki film coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe. Hopefully. Uh, called How Do You Live? So, And with him, you never know when it's going to be the last. And this is supposed to be the last. He's he's I, retired right. multiple times, and he's getting up there in he, age. He, but. he is. All right, so now now let's take the jump to streaming. Gotcha. Um, I, I'll kick things off. My So the fun fact, when I was doing the a little bit of research and looking at lists of what's coming out to prepare for this episode, there was a lot of shows that I had no idea were coming out. So some of those made this list. And um, my first choice, which is now probably the show that I'm most excited about, uh, I didn't even know existed until this week. Um, And it's called Masters of the Air. It's coming to Apple TV or Apple TV Plus. I'm sorry. Uh, It's a new Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, uh, Playtone Amblin TV production, and George uh, Goetzman, they, those three guys created Band of Brothers and The Pacific for HBO, uh, two incredible World War II series. Um, I really personally enjoy uh, a good World War II film, uh, and those shows stand out to me. Um, I, I don't know. I just they, They've lived with me ever since they aired. So to hear that they're doing a new show called Masters of the Air um, is exciting, obviously. Uh, this one is about the eighth... Air Force, I think. Uh, it, it's about World War II raids over Berlin, uh, and and it, it basically takes place in the sky as the other movies took place on the ground. Um, 
the the interesting thing here, I mentioned Austin Butler earlier. This is an Austin Butler vehicle as well. I mean, the cast in this is insane. Uh, you have Barry Keegan, Austin Butler. Um, a, I mean, a huge list. As I mean, those imagine. two guys right there, two are like the future. Absolutely. Um, the the most interesting thing, you, you know, Band of Brothers and the Pacific are they're big. Each episode of that show felt like an entire film. Um, the scale, the effects, everything. It, it just they, they they truly are epic. Um, Apple, I guess it's Apple. Whoever's fronting the bill for this, they're spending twenty to twenty-seven million per episode. It's a ten-episode series. Um, That's so insanity. It's crazy, right? Do the math there. Yeah. Twenty to twenty-seven million per episode. Um, but that got me excited. Um, and I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even know this existed until this week. So that's my number one now. Um, is it, when's it coming out? I'm not entirely sure when this is landing. Um, my guess is, is fall, um, Mm -hmm. fall or, or end of the year. Um, I'm not even sure if they've landed on on an exact date yet for release, but 2023 is all I could find. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's my number. That's my number one choice, and I was very excited to learn about this series. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll go in chronological order of when they're coming out, and I tried to p- not pick anything that either has been like running for multiple and multiple years, and nothing that already started. Uh, so my first one's going to be Poker Face, which lands on Peacock on January twenty sixth. This is uh, a show with Natasha Leone, who's just always fantastic. I absolutely adored Russian Doll. So good. I have not seen the second season yet, and that's because- I have not either. Well, as the final credits of the last episode of Russian Doll were, were scrolling, I was like, that was perfect. Do not do a second season. Yeah. I hear you. I agree and with that, you. So I've, like, mentally, I just haven't, like, I want to, I will- I didn't. I, I didn't even want it to be made. But she's fantastic, and this is also created by Ryan Johnson, of yes, of Last Jedi fame, <laughs> <laughs> of Knives Out. And he's done. He's done a lot of good movies. Um, Last Onion was good. We talked about that a little bit. Um, it is a case of the week type show, so it's not going to be like an overarching. You know, good. It, that could be really sh- good. Well, that's the thing. There's is the Natasha Leone playing. Um- Angela Lansbury's character from yes. Murder She Wrote. Yep, yes. it's it's Murder She Wrote via Natasha Leone and Ryan Johnson. Finally, or uh, actually, they they liken it more to Columbo. Okay, because I think she's not supposed to be very good at this <laughs> necessary. Or you know, I do. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Uh, you know, she's not a crackerjack detective. Um, but it's also I was looking at some of the guest stars: Ron Perlman, Rhea Perlman. I don't think there's any relationship there. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson that we talked oh. about earlier, Nick Nolte, Luis Guzman, Tim Meadows, Chloe Savigny, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Stephanie Shu from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I do, these are people just deliver every single time they go out there. Nice. Uh, ten episodes. When is it coming out? Uh, that starts January twenty sixth on Peacock. Really? So I don't know if they will be. Yeah, this is just a couple of weeks away. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't watch a lot on Peacock. I don't know if they're going to drop it all at once. I think it's it'll probably drop. I think they do kind of like the weekly model that a lot of people are are readapting to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first ones at least come out on January twenty sixth. Wow. All right. Yep. My next my next one. I'm not in chronological order, obviously, but this is this comes out in January. It comes out in fact this coming Sunday, January fifteenth, and that is the HBO adaptation of the video game. 
The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Now, so Pedro Pascal stars. Uh, I thought that was already out. No, it comes out this Sunday. Um, Pedro Pascal and then uh, the actress, Bella Ramsey, Mm -hmm. who stole the show, and I can't remember her character's name, but she she was in Game of Thrones. She played the the young queen. Yep. um, Or um, I think she was a queen. Uh, She she was the the head of that. that. uh, Whatever that household was. Um, But like stole every scene. Oh, yeah. She was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, So her and Pedro Pascal star... Interesting thing here is I don't play a lot of video games these days. Um, I would say one of the last video games that I played and beat through actually was The Last of Us, the first Last of Us, mm-hmm. and I was late to the game on that. Um, it's a beautiful game. It's a zombie game, um, but it's a zombie game. At the heart of it is this relationship between this man and this young girl who he saves from the zombie apocalypse, and it's a survival tale, obviously, like Walking Dead was, um, but it's it has so much more heart and depth to it, um, and the action is crazy too. Uh, I I am very skeptical, very skeptical of uh, direct adaptations of video games. There really, arguably, have not been many good video game adaptations at all. Um, the Halo series that came out last year was atrocious. Um, this looks really, really great, um, and it's. The people who made this are the same people who did the miniseries, which, in my opinion, is one of the best television shows of the last decade, um, about Chernobyl on mm-hmm. HBO. Um, so this has that prestige factor to it um, for a zombie show, and it looks really good. Um, I mean, the jury's out, but we'll see this Sunday. But, it, I mean, everything I've seen, it just looks – it actually looks really well-made and uh, – you know, like I said, the game, I can tell you, I can attest to this. The game itself has heart and you connect yeah. to the characters more than you do in most video games. Pedro's got success being a, a man forced to be a single father, too. It's true. He's, he does. He's, he's done it before. Yeah. He's yeah. got to worry about getting typecast. Oh, my God. And and speaking of that, just a quick plug on that one. That one's coming out in March, I mm-hmm. believe, or sometime this spring. And that's Mandalorian Season 3. Also... It was hard not to put that on my top three because I yeah. love that show. But it's a, it's a great show. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do with that. I was almost, I was almost hoping they they moved away from Grogu a little bit and let him go. Tra- spoiler alert! How dare you? Um, well, no, and then I mean they and then they did the straight up lone wolf and cub like choice. Yeah. Um, which I love. No, it it was great. It was a great allusion to that that famous movie and, and manga series. But uh, I don't know. Part of me was like, okay, let's let's kind of move on. Let's see where where else this the show can go and breathe, and not just rely on the adorableness of Baby Yoda. I mean, but I'm sure it's, it'll be it'll be good. I'm it'll all good. in for the adorable adorable Baby Yoda. Yeah. He's gonna be a weird looking teenager. <laughs> let's see how long the show can go. <laughs> So what's uh, your next choice? Next one, uh, this comes out on February 17th on Amazon Prime. And it is, uh, I, I didn't want to, like I said, I didn't want to do returning shows, but this one's been off the air for a couple of years. I think they got severely delayed by COVID and, and other things. But uh, Carnival Row, season two. Uh, the stars Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne. Uh, it's, it's such an interesting world. It's kind of like Bright 
uh, except it's set in a more Victorian England era. Um, there's fairies. There's bright meaning fonts. like the Will Smith movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, because that's a comic and like that's a whole world in and of itself okay. where it's like humans dealing with orcs and trolls and things. This is similar, but it's Victorian. But there's there's fae. Yep. There are you know fawn type creatures. You know goat goat legs and whatnot. Um, but it's also a detective story, a new new noir thing. Orlando Bloom plays a detective who is secretly half fairy. Um, and that's what, you know, there's, there's cast C A S T E, you know, um, social things there. It's just a really interesting world. The first season wasn't even like, it's not like it was mind blowing, but I was like, it's original. It's not based off of all this other stuff. Like let's give it room to breathe. Uh, it was, it was interesting enough for me to want very much a second season. Okay. Yeah. I haven't Um, even, I know this show. Um, I just, I never watched it though, but I do. I remember it coming out and thinking this looks interesting. And there's a lot of ways they could go with it. There's a lot of cool things they could do with it. I don't know that it's going to pay off, but let's let's give it a whirl. I can say the same thing, kind of similar with the. It's a little more YA, but Shadow and Bone is their yep. second season is coming out really soon too. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's a good cast. Oh yeah, it's a really good cast. Yeah, I mean Cara Delevingne is not not bad in it. No, Orlando's actually pretty. Pretty great. Is he? Yep. Jared Harris is in it. Jared it's Harris, yeah. yep. Speaking of Chernobyl. Speaking of Chernobyl. Did you see Chernobyl? Do you like Chernobyl? No, I mean, no. Oh, my God. You should watch it. Yeah. I That's like one of my most recommended things. It, it's bleak, as expected. But it as a miniseries, it is one of the most complete and, and shocking and interesting. Uh, shocking. We know what happened. No, there's it's pieces like, of it that I had no idea. Um, did you see Titanic? That boat, the boat sinks at the end. No, there's like little layers of it that you don't, like. They're just not common knowledge, so it's it's an interesting watch. All right, my uh, my my final pick uh, is is also a returning show, mm-hmm. uh, and that is season four of Succession. I talked about White Lotus on the last episode, and that being one of my favorite shows of last year. Succession is one of my favorite shows. Um, on television hands down uh it's on hbo it is a it's It's the one with brian cox right yes yeah yeah. um god i don't even know where to the cast in this is amazing uh you know kieran culkin it's about this family uh who are supposed to be kind of like supposed to be like rupert murdoch and his his mega empire Mm -hmm. um it's dramatic like overly dramatic um and really funny at times and it like white lotus it's a it's a show full of terrible people there are no good people on this show and there's something about watching shows where it, every character is just terrible and you know just awful on every possible level and this this show is like the quintessential that uh, but brian cox as the leader of this family and the head of this company is ruthless it's all about you know undermining family and I don't know. It's just layered in tension and gross behavior and, <laughs> and wealthy elitism. And it's, it's just a fun thing to watch. Um, so season four is coming out later this year. Very excited for that one. Again, it's HBO HBO. I will say in my opinion, personally has, uh, they continue to do the best as far as, as television shows go. I agree. Uh, FX does well. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Especially FX is better though with the shorter form 
comedy, comedy things like that. I, I mean, mean, like speaking of a show with where everybody's terrible, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, is yes, one of the <laughs> best sitcoms of all time. If you want to call it a sitcom, it is. The um, I I I will say that HBO in making this list, I noticed a couple of other things just to mention real quick on the HBO side. Um, there's a new Park Chan Wook show called The Sympathizer, where he is show running. I don't know much about it, but Robert Downey Jr. stars in it. Mm-hmm. So between those two things, I'm I'm all in on that. And then True Detective is coming back for a new season, uh, and the the detective, the lead detective this season, is played by Jodie Foster, which is incredible. Yeah. So HBO has a lot going for it. Succession, though, of those three things was the thing I was most excited for. All right. Yeah. What's your number, number uh, three? Ahsoka. Okay. Especially because I think it's uh, the way it's looking up cast wise and people that they have officially announced, it's going to be a direct continuation of Rebels, the animated series, which I know a lot of people haven't watched those, even if you're into Star Wars. I was like that. I was a holdout for so long, especially because I hated the animation style of Clone Wars. And I had to suck. Everybody told me suck it up get get through the first couple of seasons and it gets really really good and they are right and now i'm that guy telling people get through it uh ahsoka in particular her character arc is incredible uh i don't want to give too much because i hope people do go out and wa- watch the show after even skip skip straight to season three you'll be fine um and then rebels was even better and it it's uh, where Clone Wars was more about the overarching and lots of political stuff. Rebels was more the ragtag group of, you know, ne'er-do-wells fighting, which uh, is right up my alley. I love those kinds of stories. Um, it's got a ton of heart, and we we know, well, we think we're getting Thrawn. That's who Ahsoka in Mando was saying. That's probably going to be Ray Stevenson. Uh, it's too bad. Matt, so Mads Mikkelsen's brother is the voice actor uh, and they were trying to get him to be like cast him for the live action. I used to want John Noble to play the live action Thrawn. Who's Noble? John Noble is, uh, he was in the show fringe. He's also in like Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. John Noble as Thrawn. I, I, I remember even reading Thrawn and watching fringe way back. You know, I was, I was always thinking this guy, this guy. All should. right. You know, you know what this guy. I is? do, I okay. do. Well, the yeah, the Thrawn that they used in Rebels was a little younger. Yes. Yeah. Um, like I said, Mad's brother would have been great at it. I, I, I'm spacing on his first name right now, okay. which I feel bad about, but whatever. Moving Happy on. Mickelson. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that's his nickname. That's what that's what his friends call him. Um, no, so we know we're getting Sabine Wren. They've they've cast her. We know we're getting Ezra Bridger. They've cast him. Um, we know we're getting Harrison Dula. They haven't said that it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but it's probably Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And like I said, Ray Stevenson, who I think will actually make a pretty good Thrawn, uh, even though he's he's big. He's a big dude. Yeah. I prefer Thrawn to be like that, you know, not necessarily lanky or anything, but more of that svelte kind of. Yeah. But Yeah, he, he, like Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very similar. Well, that's what when I'm looking at John Noble, I see more more of a Tarkin, like, but a young Tarkin. Yeah, a young blue Tarkin. Young blue Tarkin is is Thrawn. You hear that, Lucasfilm? Yeah, (laughs) 
but uh like i said i was a huge fan of rebels uh, the last scene the, the last season is like gutting yeah um yeah that it really is uh i watched that i did watch clone wars and that yeah. um and i agree 100 percent. like really good storytelling um yeah the animation style is not great um I, I liked Rebels better than Clone Wars, especially because yeah. I was already they're similar, and I had I had kind of adjusted to it. I still I I still don't love it. I think people should watch it. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's good. Especially like I said, Ahsoka Ahsoka has one of the best character arcs of any character in Star Wars because they actually were able to breathe. With, you know, it's a start to finish. Absolutely, yeah, without, yeah. And, it, and without it's, you know overstaying its welcome, like the Skywalkers. Right. Right, exactly. Um, so to see her, and I mean, Rosario Dawson is always, every single project she's ever been in has not been worse because of her. And she made an appearance in the last season of, uh, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, she was, it was in Mandalorian. the Book of Fett, too. She was she, in Mandalorian. But, yeah, it was, but she, the, the, she was in Boa as the, uh, when it was in its Mandalorian season 2.5 Which was arc. the best. Um, I Ex- mean, except they did Boba Dirty. A little bit. I mean, like they should just give us a, a a good four episode or a movie, a good Boba movie. Yeah, I would have been happy. That's all they needed. But they really just turned it into a. I think halfway through filming that they realized they didn't have what they needed, and then filled it in with Mandalorian. It's very pot. But they should. Why do you even start filming that unless you have that script tight? I don't know. Too many projects going at once. Well, probably. They need to just make sure Filoni and Favreau are doing stuff and not. She who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> so what other shows before we end are you looking at on your radar that might be of interest? Or or are there any shows that you in in looking up, you know, things for this episode didn't even know? Well, honestly, I didn't even know like I knew that they were still planning on doing Carnival Row, but I had no idea it was like completed and coming out this um, my all my other ones are just continuations like i said i always love it when it's always sunny in philadelphia comes out a uh, new season of letter kenny just dropped mm-hmm. uh which is a great one um what we do in the shadows we'll see where they go with that with the next season of that marvel, the bear marvel yeah i don't know if the bear is coming out this year or not uh, yeah i don't know I either because that would have made my list but i couldn't confirm right um marvel you have secret invasion which looks really good Loki season two. Um, yep. I, the, so there's this series that I've not read this book series. It's called the silo series um, by Hugh Howie. Um, I remember when this came out hearing a lot about it. It's this dystopian science fiction post-apocalyptic series. Um, I kind of want to read it now because Apple TV is committing to that as a show too. It's called wool, which is the name of the first book. And that's mm-hmm. coming later this year. And I mentioned station 11 in our last podcast uh, I love that kind of post-apocalyptic television. Mm-hmm. Last of Us is that as well. So I'm excited for, for Wool, whatever it might be. It is What If Season 2? What If Season 2 is coming. X-Men 97. Uh, that That's interesting to me because that's, well, it's... That animation style is amazing. It is. And that that was after I was kind of out of comic, getting out of comics. But going back to like that, that piggybacks right off of like, the time when I was into the X-Men the most. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know also if uh, Res- Reservation Dogs is that's, coming back. That's another one. That's it, it is. Okay. It's scheduled to come back this year. What I did see on, on FX is that Justified um, mm-hmm. is returning 
uh, for a new season called Justified City Primeval. Um, Timothy Oliphant is returning as Raylan Givens, the detective. Uh, these these are based on Elmore Leonard's. They're like gothic mm-hmm. uh, crime stories. Um, I loved Justified. I really enjoyed that show. It's a good is a good watch. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do bringing it back. As with anything like bringing back Dexter and and things like that, it could be a a total miss. Yeah, but uh, easy to screw up. We'll see. But uh, well, that's let's go back to Star Wars just real briefly and Timothy Oliphant. So they had to cancel the Rangers of the New Republic because Gina got into some some hot water. We're not going to get into that. But here's my thing. Lucas, Filoni, if you're listening, just give Timothy Oliphant what he wants and do that show with Cobb Vanth and, and or Harrison Dula. I mean, they, they are regular listeners to box office culture, <laughs> um, you know, so. They've caught, they've caught every episode. They've caught every episode. They're caught up. Um, and now they know. So prepare for that to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So that that's it. That's my list. That's your list. Oh, apparently there's a new Muppet show coming in May too to Disney Plus. So I want it to be good. We'll see. We'll see. It's been a long time. Love the Muppets. Me too. But. All right. Well, I think that wraps up today's episode. Um, I don't know what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. But we will be back, so stay tuned in a couple of weeks for another new episode. Uh, We have a lot coming up at the United Theater. We have a lot of new film series announcements coming up, so stay tuned to our website and our social medias. uh, And, you know, check out our Neighborhood Watch Film Club. Just a reminder to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening and share it with as many people you know, especially if they work for Lucasfilm. (laughs) All right, until next time, I am Tony Nunes. Thank you for joining us. 